I've come to the conclusion that Metallica kind of sucks. This review is not good. I'm going to say that right off the bat. I learned a lot by doing it. I've never done a review like this where it was more objective and technical and not so much personal as to what I got out of a book or album or movie or something. And also, I was trying to do so many albums at once. I had pages and pages of notes. Uh, I should have made way more cuts and come with much higher energy. Um, there was just so many things that I would do differently, and I completely, like, for me anyway, it's painful to watch and or listen to because I just can't edit it to a point, or I won't spend the time editing it to a point to make it better than it than it is right now. Like, I've done some editing and tried to clean it up a bit, but it, it, the problem was in the recording process. Anyway, I learned a lot. If you happen to sit through this, I mean, you're still going to hear what I have to say and, and my thoughts on it. It's not a very enjoyable listening experience, though, as it could be if I took way more time to prepare and way more time in editing and just approached it from a very different place. Here it is. The Metallica Comprehensive Review. Uh, I'm going to go through the discography, uh, the core discography, album by album, so the full-length studio albums. That's what I'm going to go through and that's what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to attempt to do that in one hour, but uh, we'll see We'll see how far we get. I'm also, at the end, going to talk about the best album and the worst album, in my opinion, so if you want that, you can skip to that. Um, I thought this would be a fun thing to do. Uh... For new listeners, not new listeners, new listeners to Metallica, people that are just getting into Metallica, maybe want a place to start, maybe want, uh, you know, there, there's a there's a breadth of work there and a depth, and so I also thought it would just be fun to revisit some of these albums in a different context, and for some, like, some of these albums I barely listened to before I did this review, like, there's just some that I just didn't give a lot of attention, so I wanted to give them a little more attention through this. Um, and just acquaint myself with Metallica in this way that I've never done before. So first I'm going to give you a little bit of history on my relationship with Metallica, how I got into them, um, and then from there, you know, go to the actual review and just start going album by album. Uh, so let's, let's see how far we get. <coughs> uh, whew, yeah. So it was, you know, I don't, I don't remember when I first heard the name Metallica. That's the thing. I don't recall the first time, but it would have been in my tweens-ish, and I, around the, well, I don't even know if I knew what metal was until I was, like, 14, but around that time, I remember thinking Metallica's a dumb name. Like, Metallica was just the corniest name. I was like, how do you have the genre? Like, I didn't know anything about thrash or anything. I just like, oh, they're a metal band, is what I thought. How do you have the genre of the music you play in the name of your band? That just sounded so corny. It's like, calling yourself, like, Rap City or something, and you're a rapper, or, like, uh, I don't know, country star, and you're a country singer. It's just weird. I, I don't know. That was this memory I have of being, like, that's, 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 that's a, that's a really corny name for a metal band to be called Metallica. Uh, but, I mean, that's the thing about Metallica. They're so huge that the name doesn't mean anything anymore. Like, the name... You don't, you don't, I don't think about how corny it is now. I think about, like, yeah, that's just, that's the name. Like, it's transcended, you know, any meaning the name would have had. But also, that name doesn't really mean anything to begin with. Like, I think that they were going for something with it, but the, the legacy of the band has transcended how corny the name was. So I don't think about, like, oh, man, that's corny, uh, unless I'm doing something like this and trying to explain myself and talk about my history with the band. Um... So I don't know what song I would have heard when. I really don't. I'm sure that I would have heard something off the Black Album on the radio at some point in time. I probably knew Enter Sandman. I don't think I ever really liked that song and still kind of don't. Um, I probably would have heard that at some point, somewhere, sometime, somehow. Um, but my real introduction was through uh, a friend named Derek, uh, who I met in grade 8. She was about 14 at the time. He really opened my world up to, like, metal and grunge and stuff. Uh, before that, I was really just listening to, like, like gangster rap and stuff, and I don't really know how that happened, but it did. Uh, so um, this is where I started to get my own sense of music and style and stuff like that, and uh, a lot of bands I was introduced to through him. The first three metal albums he gave me, <laughs> Metallica's Black Album, I think it was 
uh, a Slipknot album and then White Zombies Astro Creep 2000. Or maybe there was a Pantera album in there. But Metallica Black Album was one of those first like three. He like burned me a couple CDs and I listened to it and I liked it. It wasn't like, I, I don't remember being like, whoa, this is like nothing I've ever heard before. Oh my goodness. Like, we'll get into reasons why. Because that is the most accessible album. That's probably why he gave it to me. I don't know if it's his favorite or not. I haven't asked him. I've never had this discussion with him. Um, but obviously there weren't as many albums then. I mean, when I was 14, like we're talking about like the year 2000-ish. So uh, yeah, there, there, <laughs> there's still albums that came out after that, right? Anyway, um, whew. Um, yeah, so I mean that, that album... He gave me, I listened to it, I liked it, I, I listened to it a lot. And then we had a border for a little bit, for like six months or something, at our house. And I remember one time, for some reason, he took me in his truck to go for a ride somewhere. And, uh, I don't know, he was a youngish guy. He was probably late 20s, early 30s or something. And, uh, he had Metallica's S&M album. And I don't think it really clicked to me. Like, I don't remember when that was. It could have even been before the Black Album, before, or before I was 14. It was just around the same time. It was either a little after or a little before. But I remember that he he had that, and we were listening to it, and I remember being like, oh, wow, that's, like, really cool. And I that stuck with me. Um, but the thing is that that Burn CD, the Black Album that I had, I didn't go and buy a CD for years and years and years of and Metallica's at all. Like, nothing. I did not explore them as a band. I just had that one CD, and I listened to it a whole bunch, and then I eventually got into other music and different metal and whatever and really got into heavy music a lot, uh, but I didn't go and explore Metallica anymore. And I think I know why, and I think I'm going to talk about that more when I actually go through the Black Album in, in detail and review. Um, it's just kind of coming to me now as to why I think I never did that, but it was years and years, uh, until I, I mean, I bought S&M, maybe after high school, I think I bought it, um, uh, in my late teens, early 20s, probably before I was early 20s, I bought it, and I listened to that a bunch, and I really liked it, I really enjoyed that album a lot, and again, I'm going to get into to more details as to why at the very, very end of this thing we'll talk about Metallica's S&M, because it's not a full-length studio album, and that's what I'm focusing on really here. Uh, but I enjoyed that album a lot, and then again, I, I never touched Metallica, I think, for like 15 years. Like, I didn't really get into them again until my 30s. Um, you know, I was in, in a couple bands, and the last band that I was in, I mean, like, we, what was it, like... We started in, I don't know, 2012 to 2015, I think we were pretty active. And all of the dudes there, like, knew more Metallica than I did. Like, they were way more well acquainted with Metallica than I ever was. And for some reason, it still just didn't, I don't know, it just didn't really click with me. Like, I knew enough about Metallica from, like, reading, you know, Metal Hammer and Revolver, music magazines, whatever. But I just never, and I knew, I knew songs that were off other albums because it had S&M. So I knew songs that were, you know, off Master of Puppets and Ride the Lightning and, and whatever, but I didn't really, even songs off Load and, and whatever, but I, I didn't really, like, know the albums in themselves. So it took me, like, 15 years after, you know, being introduced to Metallica to actually go out and buy more than just, you know, someone gave me the Black Album on Burnt CD, and I bought S&M when I was, like, maybe 19 or something. And then, yeah, it took me forever before I actually started exploring Metallica. And I started doing it, I think, because of the influence of the band in a way, because, like, our drummer was, like, really, really into Metallica, and we talked about it a bunch, and, like, uh, something was like, yeah, I should probably explore some more Metallica. Like, I should probably do that, because it's Metallica. Like, it's a such a cornerstone of heavy music, and I know so much about them, and their influence has reached these people and these people, and, like, you know, I hear Matt Heafy from Trivium talk about the influence of Metallica, or Rob Flynn from Machina talk about the influence of Metallica, both... Uh, vocalists, guitarists, and bands that I really, really enjoy and listen to them a lot more than I ever listened to Metallica. Um, so I, I, I just thought that was an appropriate thing to do. Um, but yeah, I, so I started buying, you know, all the albums, uh, the full-length studio albums, you know, just like I said, about three years ago, I really got on the, the, the Metallica kick and was like, yeah, I need to start doing this. I need to start actually getting the music. And, uh... It's been interesting, and I think now I'm just going to start going into it album by album by album. I didn't buy them in order, but I'm going to talk about them in order, chronological order of when they were released. That's not how I bought them. 
Um, and so the, I didn't buy them all at once either. I bought like one or two here, three or four there. Like I think three might have been the most I bought at one time. And I, you know, my thing is I listen to it in the car. I, I have a CD player in my car, stock system, but like I'll take a CD, I'll put it in the car, and when I'm driving, that's how I consume new music a lot. Um, and then other times when I'm like painting and doing art and doing other stuff, like there's times where I really want something I'm familiar with for a very specific mood, but I mean, on my regular commute to and from work is usually when I want to discover new music. I just feel like it's a chill time. I'm not really in any major particular mood, and it's a good time. So, uh, yeah, I didn't listen to them in chronological order or buy them in that way, but that's how I'm reviewing them. So we are starting off with 1983's Kill 'Em All. That's where we're going right now. Uh, this was released three years before I was born. Um, I could say the, the album in its entirety, I, I feel like it's energetic and fun. Uh, it, from, from what I know of, like this was really noticed at the time for precision playing. Fast and, and, and with detail, with precision, like I said. Um, it was kind of more in a way, I think, just playing with speed in a way that was really just like rocking out and having fun, exercising technical ability, uh, and yeah, having fun doing it. And I think this album really exemplifies that. Uh, a lot of the songs came from the demo, uh, I think it was No Life to Leather. Um, the majority of them did. I think, what is there, only three songs that weren't on No Life to Leather? And that was a demo that was just like traded, like tape trading was a huge thing. A uh, huge part of that culture, that, and that's how a lot of bands got discovered, is basically like peer-to-peer -peer file sharing, um, except analog. <laughs> um, it's basically, you know, manually trading tapes and, and like recording tapes over and over again and giving them to people and, and doing your like best ofs and stuff like that. So tape trading is really how a lot of people heard about Metallica at first, and that No Life to Leather demo was really, you know, in that scene, it was just, it was the shiznit. So yeah, three of the songs that were were new to this album that weren't on the demo, um, Cliff Burton's instrumental Anastasia pulling teeth, uh, Whiplash, which makes sense because it's probably the fastest song on here. So I think like they had this demo, they they got this this opportunity to actually make a, a studio album, and so they were like, hey, yeah, let's we need to take what we were doing before and really like like up it like people notice us because of our speed and precision and, and technical ability and playing and let's just up that so whiplash uh was another new one and then no remorse which i thought was kind of like a filler um <sighs> hit the lights i mean that that's a song on here that that i i enjoy a lot i think that again there's not really much i can say because i feel like this album lacks a lot of substance uh lyrically and even musically at times i think it's a fun album, like Jump in the Fire is another fun song. Um, overall, I, th I think it's it's very listenable once. And what I mean by that, I don't mean once ever. I just mean like once in a row. Like there's some albums that like they could finish and if they started again, I wouldn't mind listening into it all the way through. Uh, this is an album that I can't listen to very often. Um, like I said, it's, it's got its fun moments, uh, but after one listen, I mean it's just kind of like a dizzying pace to just be in this this mode um, a lot while while listening to it, and that's yeah, that's just it's just a bit much. Um, I don't really go to this album or return to it for any specific songs. Like if it was playing, I'd be like, okay, cool, you know, that's it's Metallica, it's 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 fun. It's like it's just early Metallica, it's good stuff, it's fun. But I never like go to this album. Like I could take it off my iPod completely. And probably be okay with never going to it. And again, if I had an opportunity for someone like to show them some songs off there, I wouldn't even know what songs. Like, I know which ones I like more. Uh, like I mentioned, like Jump in the Fire is kind of a fun song. Hit the Lights is really fun. Like, um, and you know, Whiplash is just like that's it's it's really the fastest song I think on there. So I mean, if you're gonna show someone a song off Kill 'Em All, that would be one of them. But I mean. It's just not something I return to, and there's no songs off there that I would think like, yeah, let's let's. Th this is one of my favorite Metallica songs. Uh, if I had twenty or th if I had twenty favorite Metallica songs, none of them would be off this album. Put it that way. Um, even if I had thirty, if I had thirty favorite Metallica songs, I don't think any of them would be off this album. Um, it's not because it's bad. It's just not my cup of tea. So I'll say that. That's the other thing. Like really, like legit. Uh, like thrash, I'm just not that much of a fan of. 
and that is maybe why this album just doesn't do it for me a lot. And like I said, lyrically, it's kind of lacking a lot of substance. Um, there's just not a lot going on. It's just kind of fun rocking out really fast, and that's cool, but it doesn't make me come back for more. So that's really all I can say right now about Kill 'Em All. Um, next up is Ride the Lightning, 1984, just one year later. Uh, you know, this was kind of like the deal back in the 70s and 80s and stuff, like sometimes a lot of rock bands, like, I mean, put out an album every year. It's, it didn't have the same album cycle, especially at the very beginning that was like, oh, hey, like, we, we, you're on fire, we need to put out another one right now. A lot of pressure from studios and stuff. So this, I feel like, is just kind of an extension of Kill 'Em All. It's a little more complete feeling. Uh, there's definitely some songs that slow down a bit. There's a little more diversity on this album. Um, you know, Fight Fire is just ripping face melters on this thing, um, and, and it's good. But I really feel like this is where they started to shape their sound a little more. I feel like Kill 'Em All is pretty one-dimensional. Uh, like I said, this is a little more full, a little more complete shaping of their sound. Um, I mean, the title track of Ride the Lightning is it's whatever. It's not my favorite. Uh, but For Whom the Bell Tolls, I think, is like the first sign we see of some real maturity here for Metallica. Like, I didn't really see any of that on Kill 'Em All. And those songs were, again, like the demo that came before that, they just refined that uh, for Kill 'Em All, added three new songs. Like, it just wasn't, wasn't a very mature album, and for the first album, why would I expect that, right? But, uh, yeah, For Whom the Bell Tolls, I feel like it wasn't just a novelty song. It wasn't just a one-off thing. It was... Part of what is shaping their sound, and also just a mature song. The songwriting on there is great. Uh, something that I can definitely return to often, especially because the lyrical content actually has some themes that are relatable and make someone become introspective, and there's references. I mean, this is... I don't really... I, I didn't catch any references on Kill 'Em All, and if you're a Metallica fan or if you're not, I mean, you would know or not know, and you'll know now, that uh, James... A lot of the times he writes about different fantastical things a lot, whether it be, you know, uh, Cthulhu from H.P. Lovecraft, or just, like, things to do with mortality and death. Things that are relatable, and, and at the same time, things that are very fantastical. Uh, and, on again, Kill Em All was just, like, we're just talking about stuff that was on a very cliche subject matter for the day. Um, Fade to Black... Uh, Okay, like that's a song. Like, I don't know. That's the thing. I feel very... This is going to be a theme a lot with these albums. Some of these songs, I'm like, yeah, I, I understand that a lot of people like them. But I'm like, okay, Faded Black's a song. It's not special in any way. It's also not horrendous at all. And I think that is going to be the downfall of Metallica as to my earlier comment at the very beginning of the video about maybe why I don't think they're so great after all. Um, but Call of Cthulhu for me steals the show. Like, that is just, like, a powerhouse of a song. It's my favorite song on here. Um, but, yeah, the album as a whole, again, I think it's just an extension of the style. Filling it out, though, filling out a more, like, fuller sound, um, completing what maybe... Not completing. It's a more complete album because it's not one-dimensional. It's got layers to it. It's got character to it in a way that Kill 'Em All does not. Um, it's a little more contemplative. We've got more themes about mortality here. Um... I think that's when Metallica's at their best. I think that that is mixing the fantastical and, and, and just, like, enjoying that space. And then also, when we get introspective and contemplative and, and getting some things to think about, I think that is, is yeah. <coughs> there are definitely songs that I return to on this album. For sure, like Call of Cthulhu, Four of the Bell Tolls, like, there are songs that I definitely return to. I mean, like, every song on here is okay to me. Like, Trapped Under Ice and Escape, meh, they're definitely on the lower end of the bar here. Most of them are, like, really okay, and then the two songs that I highlighted are, like, for me, like, top shelf. And so to me, there's a big difference from that first album to the second album, which is a good sign, right? Great sign. Now we're going to move on. Master of Puppets. A lot of people say this is their favorite album, um, and I can understand why. And this is 1986. This is the year I was born. Master of Puppets came out. I mean, the whole first half of the album is tight as heck. Uh, it's it's just so freaking good. The first half is so good. Uh, and that's just the thing. 
uh, we've got a really strong first half. I mean, I feel like if I go back to Ride the Lightning and I, and I say, like, you know, there's one phenomenal song and there's maybe three that were good and then two that were okay and then uh, whatever. Um, I feel like we've got three phenomenal songs here. The first three, Battery, Master of Puppets, The Thing That Should Not Be, phenomenal songs. We've got two that were good and two that were, like, maybe, eh, okay. Um, and that's the thing. There's, they're starting, like... We're starting to get a little consistency. Starting to. Kind of. But it's also just like, man, the first half of this is phenomenal. And you set a standard. <clears throat> However, you didn't really set a standard. Within one album yet, there has yet to be a standard of <clears throat> a greatness within the whole album. There's shining moments in some. Well, that's not true. Kill Em All is consistent. That's a consistent album. It's very flat. But then we start to get some shining moments on Ride the Lightning. And they're very few. And then we have more here. And we feel like, oh, there's more progression. There's more good stuff happening here. Like, and that's the thing. Like, the songs that don't do it for me on here, Leper Messiah, <clears throat> the instrumental Orion, which is just boring, I honestly feel. <clears throat> Damage Inc. is just, I don't know. To me, they just don't have many shining moments. There's just, they, they feel stock, to, to borrow some of um, Lars's language that he uses sometimes. Like, stock riffs. It's a stock riff. I just feel like these are stock songs. Like, they're just not that good. Um, I feel like you can have a shining moment in every song. You still have favorites. You still have ones that are technically better than other songs. Some of it comes down to taste, and some of it comes down to just, like, objectively, this song is just better because of X, Y, or Z. Like, there's a bunch of reasons as to why they could be. Um, but I feel like out of the, the first three albums, like, this album steals the show because, you know, 40% of it is phenomenal, or 35% of it, or whatever, is just fantastic. And then we've got some, like, muddy waters. It's like, okay, like, we got good moments and some that just kind of fall flat. Um, so it's not super consistent, but we are progressing and we're getting to this place that, that just is better. And then, and Justice for All comes along. 1988, two years later. <clears throat> the only thing this is consistent in is being very mediocre. Uh, being incredibly mediocre. This is, this is just no good. Like, Blackened, I feel like, is the only standout track to me, which is the first song. So, after that, it just gets not good a lot. Like I said, Mediocre is, is even kind of strong. I have a hard time calling it bad, but that's only because I'm comparing it to what other Metallica songs and albums are going to come. So, foreshadowing there. It's really hard to call it just for all a, a bad album, but it's not good in my opinion. Like, I had a hard time listening to it twice. Like, I could listen to Kill Em All twice if I really had to. Um, I did listen to it in the car more than once because I tried to listen to every album <clears throat> twice at least. And some albums I was way more familiar with before I got into this thing than, than others. I tried to let them grow on me over time. I didn't just sit there and listen to it once and that was it, or listen to it twice and that was it. Like, twice is the minimum I listened to it. But that was, again, over time. Um, it wasn't just in one day, <clears throat> or even in two days. Like, I sat with these albums for a couple days, at least three or four, usually. But, um, yeah. That's the other thing. One is on here, and I know that I'm going to... It's controversial. I just don't like one. Uh, I just felt like it was pandering and corny and I don't there's something about it that I don't like it wasn't like for whom the bell tolls to me it, it this does seem more token it just doesn't ring true for me that's just again it's not my style so a lot of people are gonna be like no one is off of like man like one like how could you not like one like it's it, it's I understand like I am not in the majority here and I get that and that's fine um yeah I could just do I could just do without Almost every other track, other than Blackened, I could do without. Uh, and that's a that's a statement to say. Uh, yeah, I would listen to Kill Em All over this and get more enjoyment out of it. Even though this does approach th themes and concepts, um, Kill Em All doesn't do that. It's fairly flat, but at least it's fun to listen to. I feel like this just isn't fun to listen to. Like, I, I, why am I listening to this? Like, I, don't, I just don't know how to explain how it just... It's, like, a Kill em All, to me, doesn't have a lot of shining, like, oh, man, this one solo here was just, like, way better than the rest. Like, I don't feel that way. And it's not all about solos. I mean, just Kill em All just has a more fun energy as a whole, and this, to me, is a very mediocre, flat energy. And I know that's weird to say, 
but again, I'm just comparing it to itself. I'm comparing Metallica to itself, what they're capable of, what they've shown us before, and to come from Master of Puppets to this too, that's pretty rough. Like, I mean, I feel like this could have been a first album. Like, if Kill 'Em All didn't exist, this should have been a first album. And been like, okay, they've got some stuff going on. It's, yeah, let's see what they can do. Like, that's what this feels like to me. For the moment you've all been waiting for, the Black Album. Metallica self-titled album, 1991. Uh, you know, we're coming three years later. This is a drastic shift. I feel like this is the most drastic shift that Metallica makes in their whole discography, their whole career. Not coincidentally, it has sold more copies than, than anything uh, by such a huge margin. Um, it's because it's the most accessible. This is not a metal album. This is a rock album, okay? I feel like, you know... The first four albums we went through with Metallica were metal albums. And Justice For All is still a metal album to me. It's just not a good one. This is a rock album. It's a hard rock album, but it is all killer, no filler. Like, there's not a song off here that I'm like, yeah, we can get... Like, Enter Sandman is the closest thing. And I think the reason I have such prejudice against it is because I heard... Like, I try to look at things objectively, right? But <clears throat> it's just the most popular song that I've heard over and over and over and over and over and over and over again before I even really got into Metallica, and <clears throat> there's just things about it also that just, like, I, I don't know. Structurally, though, as a song, objectively, it's a good song. It's just, for some reason, it's just not my cup of tea. Not in the same way Justice For All is. Like, it's not dynamic enough, and Justice For All just doesn't have enough completeness and, you know, rhythm and movement, and, and it just falls flat. This just, had, like, again, this is not a metal album. That's the thing. Uh, this this brought them into the mainstream in such a way that just catapulted like like crazy. Uh, you know, we got 12 tracks on here, which I think is the most tracks they've had on any album up to this point, and they're all good. Like, good. The standard <clears throat> is good every single track, and this is the first time they've done that. Every other album, I don't think they... they it, half the album was good and great. Like, good and above... Most. There's nothing on any other album that they've had where I can be like, yeah, 50% of it was good. Like, it just wasn't that standard. And I would say that some of these songs are great. Um, <clears throat> but the thing is, there's not a stinker on this album. Again, all killer, no filler. Uh, I have my favorites on the album, but I think that's more of taste, personal preference, than it is for, you know, the technical songwriting abilities and things like that. Um, I don't know if I have a softer spot for it because also the very first... One of the first metal albums I ever got, which is funny because it's not a metal album, but my friend who was introducing me to metal gave me this, like I said, he gave me Slipknot, Pantera, White Zombie. Uh, he introduced me to grunge and stuff too, but this was in that little thing. So I thought at the time, like, oh, this was metal, like, I guess this is what metal is. And I really feel like <clears throat> not long after getting into metal, like, this is, this is a rock album. This is a hard rock album. I would ask any of you to dispute that. Yes, it still has thrash elements, but I don't think thrash necessarily all the time is metal. I think the thrash elements that are on here are incorporated into a hard rock style that makes it compatible or accessible and uh, palatable by so many people in such a way that it gets into the the rock category. <clears throat> hard rock is like the pop of metal in a way because it combines the most accessible ingredients that metal could offer and puts them in, like, we're missing ingredients here, whether it be, you know, a lot of double kick or harsh vocals sometimes or just a certain aggression of ferocity that, that is not on here. <clears throat> These are still really good hard rock songs. Like, this is a, this is, this is an album. Like, this is 12 songs of awesome songs. Like, this is, yeah. <clears throat> Again, I feel like there's some people that have favorites. I have favorites off here. But it, I can't fault this album really in any way. Like, again, we re, we return to having a mix of fantastical with songs like uh, "Through the Never," "A Wolf and Man," you know. And but then we've got um, songs that that are very relatable to a lot of people. Wherever I may roam, um, whether it be like a biker community or whatever, um, "The God That Failed," "The Struggle Within," "Sad But True," like all these things are just this perfect mix again of fantastical. And very relatable conceptual themes that talk about mortality and life and and just give you something to contemplate. So that is the self-titled album right there. 
um, which I can't say anything negative about. However, we are getting in to load and reload. We're doing it in one shot. You know, this is five and six years later, 1996 and 1997, and holy smokes, ugh. <coughs> this is where it really falls apart from Metallica. We started off on some shaky ground with Kill 'Em All. I mean, it was fun, whatever, for the time. I think it was a really good album for that time. Again, it's not my style, but I'm trying to look at it objectively, and I think it could have been a really, really good album. Obviously, that's why they got picked up, <clears throat> why they got signed to a label, etc. You know, Ride the Lightning has some, some cool moments. We get into Master of Puppets, which is just, whoa, holy crap. There's some amazing songs on here that are some of their best songs ever, period, that they've ever made on there. Getting a little shaky ground with Injustice for All. I feel it goes flat. That's fine. We return with a huge dynamic shift, a crazy shift in sound, in approach. Like, we, we get this hard rock album, and then we continue on that path. <clears throat> but the thing is that when they released the self-titled, the Black Album, it was good. Even if they weren't doing th more thrash, even if I couldn't call them metal anymore, if they just played to the masses, some people said they sold out, whatever, it, it was good. The songs were so good, I couldn't not, like, I, I couldn't fault the album. They continue on this hard rock road. With load and reload. And... Ugh. It was supposed to be a double album, okay? <clears throat> it was supposed to be a double album, and then it didn't work out, things with the timing, and blah, 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 blah. They just couldn't make it a double album, so they just released one in 96 and one in 97. And in my opinion, um, it should have just been one album. Which album should it have been? Neither. <laughs> it should have been a combination of two, of both of these albums. And I will give you my track listing for the album that should have been, uh, and talk a little about some stuff, because, jeez louise... It's just, I don't, you combine all these tracks, and there's less, there's maybe only a quarter of them that are good. <clears throat> if you want to call the Black Album an experiment, it was an experiment that worked. Like I said, it, it, it worked. It was 100%. It was fantastic. They played with the sound. They redefined themselves. They continue with that here, but they try to push the experimentation in a way that's just... It's hard to say the words natural and unnatural or natural progression or evolution or whatever because I felt like the Black Album was a left turn. I wasn't even, like, into them at the time that they released it. But, I mean, I feel like from listening to them in chronological order, that's a left turn. But it's a really great left turn. I don't know if it was a natural progression. It was natural for them to take a left turn, right? But it wasn't like, oh, yes, I see what happened here. I see how they went to this sound. <clears throat> without any, you know, other information from reviews and critics and stuff like that, or, or interviews them and whatever. I feel like they're trying to make a natural extension of the Black Album and continue pushing and experimenting. But we get into a lot of blues influences, a lot of, like, some country influences. It just doesn't work on here. It just doesn't on here. I mean, both albums. Like, they both sound the same. Like, there's nothing on one album that I'm like, okay, they started to do... No, because they were made at the same time, so it makes sense. It's supposed to be a double album, uh, and, and it wasn't. And like I said, I, I feel like only a quarter of the songs... Like, we've got a lot of songs between these two albums. And just stinkers. Stinkers, 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 stinkers. Some of my favorite songs are off of some of these albums. Or on both of these albums. I have favorite songs, like, of Metallica as a whole. <clears throat> but... <laughs> As an album, as a whole album, neither of these passed the test. Again, I would go back and I'd rather... Oh man, that's actually hard. Would I rather listen to Kill Em All? Probably not. I'd rather listen to one of these albums because it has shining moments. But then again, some of the moments are so hard to listen to that I don't know if I could make it. Um, here's the track listing that should have been, okay? Until It Sleeps, King Nothing, Bleeding Me, The Outlaw Torn, Fuel... The Memory Remains, with a caveat, which we'll talk about, and Devil's Dance. <clears throat> That's only seven songs. That is only seven songs. Those would be seven really good songs, though. I would rather listen to seven great songs by them than have to sit through all of this. Uh, and like, 
to me, there's nothing on here that's mediocre. <clears throat> it's either good, it's either those out songs that I just talked about, or it's just trash. Like, I can't think of ones that I'm like, yeah, I could sit through Bad Seed, or Slither, or Carp DM, baby. No, I can't. I can't. I, I, don't, I don't want to. Like, I, these are off the iPod. Like, they're, they're not on there. They're, they're taking up space. Man. <clears throat> it's just no good. Uh, this is what I call the beginning of the caveman kick as well. So, um, let me back up one second. I mentioned that the memory remains is on there, but it has a caveat to it. The little sing song, like, nah, 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 like the, the chanting, it do, no, it doesn't work. It ruins the whole song. Uh, I understand why they had it. I understand who they, they put this person on the track. And I understand that it goes with the concept and the theme of the track, which is, you know, just like <clears throat> reliving glory days in Hollywood, basically, is what I'll chalk it up to. I understand why they did this vocal monstrosity. <clears throat> but if it doesn't sound good, it doesn't sound good. It interrupts the flow of the song. <clears throat> I don't listen to the album version of this song. Foreshadowing again, we'll talk about it later. I don't listen to it. Like, it's just, it ruins the whole thing. If they took that right out, then yes, it stays on the album. Otherwise, it's only going to be six tracks, right? Like, and that's, yeah, that's, again, saying something. For two, like, full-length albums and only six of them, or seven, six and a half, are worthy of listening to, that's rough. Um, <clears throat> the Caveman Era. I feel like this is where they, like, you know, we're going to strip down, we're going to be like a garage band... <clears throat> We're just gonna come out and just like balls to the wall, just rock out, like kill them all. It could have had like a similar mentality in a way of let's just rock out and have fun. <clears throat> but kill them all was in a different style, and, and it was just straightforward, and it just it was one dimensional. But it was it did that one thing well. This these didn't these didn't do anything well except for those six and a half songs. Where's are great Metallica songs? Some of my favorite Metallica songs, but. Anything else on here is this 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 caveman thing that just doesn't work, which is like let's just rock out like Carp DM baby like that's the name of the song. This starts to get into huge cringe territory. And Justice for All, I don't like that album, really don't like it. But I can't say anything's cringy off of it. That's why I said I had a hard time saying it was bad. These are bad albums, like bad albums, and they're not the worst that Metallica has to offer. So that sucks. Uh, but they're they're, they're they're not good. Uh, there's really great songs off them, but when we play with the ratio of good songs versus absolute trash that I wouldn't listen to, it's pretty bleak. Um, <clears throat> the songs that I mentioned, I feel like they're a natural extension off of the Black Album. Those are a natural extension that work, they challenge themselves a bit, they're great songs, beautiful songs. Um, the lyrics take a dive here, too. I mean, even, like I said, just the name, Carp DM Baby. Like, there's just, there's just, there's, ain't, ain't my bitch. Like, some of the songs don't tell you, some of the titles don't tell you what the song is gonna be like. But, man, this is where <laughs> Mama said, like, come on. Um, you know, we got the Unforgiven 2 here, too. Hero of the Day. I know some people really enjoy those songs. I just don't. The same way that I didn't really like one and Hero of the Day, you can probably draw a conclusion as to maybe why both of those songs are on a list of things I don't really like that much. But I mean, ugh. Fixer with the the, the triple X. Prince Charming. Like, these are just garbage songs. Lyrically, musically. Also, the vocals start to get bad here, too. Okay? Like, there's just parts where the singing sucks. And we know that that James has the ability, so it was more of like, let's just be raw. Let's just be like this raw garage band. Let's just have it with attitude, man. This is the attitude era. No, it's it's it sucks. It's not good. Um, and I don't really know what else to say about that. <clears throat> the moment I've been waiting for. Saint Anger, two thousand three. We've had a big gap of time. We've had from 1997 to 2003. We've had six years. Whew. We've had six long years. And this is what we got. This is pure caveman. Not in a good way. 
Jamie Jasta likes to say, let a caveman live. He was talking about hardcore music and really simple, like, you know, riffs and, and, yeah, let a caveman live. But not like this. Not like this at all. Not the way that we run load and reload and then we, like, this is a natural extension, I feel, of load and reload too. So maybe the best thing that Metallica could do is take a left turn after every album. And maybe they'd have really great albums. Like the Black Album. This natural extension after six years, it just, they went from bad to worse. This is just not good. <clears throat> In fact, it's really, really bad. It's lazy and it's forced. This is jamming in a garage, recording on your phone, and pushing the song so long without offering anything new. Almost without offering anything new. They offered a new low. They offered a new low of horrible garage caveman style of just rocking out and having fun and producing a sh garbage album. Just a crap album. Um, we don't need to hear a chorus five times just to make the song longer. Especially when the chorus is trash the first time. I feel like that happened more than once here. We pushed the song way too long because we gave it sometimes a chorus and a chorus and a chorus and a chorus and it, and it wasn't a good one, ever. Like, the chorus is supposed to be returning home. It's familiar, it's supposed to be like going home, you get this warm feeling and it's great. <clears throat> this doesn't have, no, this doesn't have that. Um, Talked about load and reload starting to come in with the cringe. This is the cringe. Out of all the songs on here, there's one that I can listen to. And it is the title track. St. Anger is a good song. That is an example of the caveman that is Metallica, or Metallica when they are the caveman, at their best caveman. Okay? It is raw, but in a good way. It's aggressive in a super good way. Um, the... Production style on it suits the song. It suits the theme, the concepts, lyrics, the delivery. Um, the vocals on it are the probably best vocals on the album. And the one thing that we do get that that is a change, that is different, that is new, is James screaming on St. Anger, on that song. He legit screams. Probably the only time I've ever heard it before or after that song. I thought it was great. I, I thought it added to the track. I thought that, you know, again, that track is that caveman style that works. The rest of the album does not. 75% of, of Load and Reload does not. But those weren't trying to be full caveman. This thing is trying to be full caveman, and it's just horrendous. It's brutal. Like I said, the vocal performances on this thing are so... Lacking, I don't understand how they made the album. Like, there are so many times where it almost sounds like he's in the middle of puberty. I don't know what's going on. It's not, it's not, like, I, I have a hard time believing that was the best he could do in the moment. It's just, it's just a brutal, brutal album. Uh, King of the Cringe. Like, St. Anger even has moments of cringe. Um, flush it out, flush it out. Like, that didn't need to be there. Like, lyrically, too, in some places, it's just really, really, really cringy. Um, but that's the thing. St. Anger, off that album, like, I listened to that song. I listened to that song, uh, you know, I would lump it in with all the other Metallica songs that I listened to. I could listen to it on shuffle in all those songs if I made a Metallica playlist, which I probably should, and get all those other junk garbage songs off my iPod. Um, and it doesn't bother me. Like, there's a couple moments where I'm like, ugh. But but as a whole song, it's really good. It's it's not a left turn. It's a left turn in comparison to Metallica 20 years before then or whatever, but it's not a left turn in, in the way that they were doing things. It's a shining moment. It's where it worked. And, yeah, it's... That is also getting them back to metal again. I feel like that song brought them back to, oh yes, that's what we do, we make metal music, not weird garage, bluesy, country, rock, and again, this isn't saying, or this isn't Black Album I'm talking about, I'm talking about Load and Reload, and, and yeah, 
Uh, but yeah, the pure aggression um, on St. Anger worked on the rest of the album. It did not. Uh, yeah, the vocals took a huge dive, and just I, I don't know where else to go with that. It's just something else. Again, the last two albums, I'm going to do them both at once. Death Magnetic, Hardwired to Self-Destruct. 2008, 2016, again, we've got a, a really big gap. We've got five years in between St. Anger and Death Magnetic, and then a whole you know, eight years in between that and Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Uh, I'm lumping them together because I don't really feel like there's a huge difference between them. Despite there being an eight-year gap, it was almost like going from Load and Reload to St. Anger. Where I think there's even less of a difference between these two albums than, than that. Um, but these are metal albums. The whole albums, they are metal albums. They're not hard rock albums, they're metal albums. So that's good. We've arrived at a place of consistency with Metallica again. I feel like the majority of these songs, the vast majority, are just good songs. They're good songs. I can't find many shining moments among them. They're, I could... Like, these albums, other than The Unforgiven 3, which is just a huge stinker, uh, the rest of the tracks would remain on my iPod. Like, uh, I'd be happy to have them there and, and listen to them on a bike ride or hiking or something. I just needed to jam out a little bit. They're good songs. They're good metal songs. These are good metal albums as a whole. Um, I think Death Magnetic is stronger overall. Like, if I had to pick one that was a little better than the other. Um, Hardwired was a little unnecessary being two discs. I think they could have cut the fat a little bit. Uh, sometimes on songs, because they go a little long where they don't think they need to, it doesn't add to the song. Um, and some songs, maybe if they weren't there, it would just be better. But, I mean, there's nothing specific that I can even tell you um, about other than... No, I can't. Uh, yeah, like I said, there's no huge stinkers off of this. Um, the Unforgiven 3 on Death Magnetic it just should just axe that, and then we'd have a really a much better album. Um, it is still a little cringy. I feel like uh, Hardwired kind of went back towards more of the St. Anger cringiness on some lyrics and some delivery. Um, at least the production, like the production on both these albums was like, oh, hey, Hey, we're a contemporary metal band. We, we make metal music along with everyone else, and it sounds good. Which we hadn't had for like a decade of Metallica albums. It was ridiculous. Uh, that raw production just, it only worked for one song, really, and that was St. Anger. And yeah, like Load and Reload, the songs that sound good, like, I almost feel like there was more than one mix on there in some ways. But that's just my mind playing tricks on me. Of how, like, the albums I really don't like, I notice the production sucks on them. And the album, and the songs I really do like off that album, or those two albums, um, the production... I, I don't know, it just didn't filter in where I was like, oh yeah, production's not really good, but the song is good. Like, yeah, how, however, we get... Look, production is great on both of these. Um, yeah, like, so this, we get back to some, like, lyrical stuff that... And vocal delivery that sometimes misses the mark for me at times. Um, but they're overall two good albums. Like, they're solid albums. I would say the Black Album is the most solid album, and then after that would probably be Death Magnetic. It's like an album that, other than that one song that I could just completely throw in the trash, um, it's really, it's, it's good. It's not, none of them are songs that I even return to in my head. I don't sing along to them in my head. They don't stick enough to me sometimes. Like, um... Like, what am I thinking of right now? Uh, that's the thing, I can't even pull All Nightmare Long. Like, that that sticks into my head a little bit. That gets catchy. Um, and if, I'm if, I, if I finish listening to an album, I mean, there are a couple other moments that might get stuck with me, but not as much as any song off the Black Album gets stuck with me that I can recall. It's also because I've listened to it way more, but I've listened to it way more because it was that good. So, these two that finish off Metallica's career thus far... Uh, are, are good albums. They're, they're metal albums again, they're great production, the vocal, um, not the delivery, but the vocal ability is back, whereas on St. Anger, I don't know what the hell was happening there, like, 80% of the time, or if not more, um, but, but the singing is back on track, like, so we still get some cringy moments, but that's, that's the thing, and that's, that's kind of where I have to, to stop before I, give you a conclusion here, or this is the beginning of the conclusion, is that the reason why I say Metallica is maybe just not that good is because they are so inconsistent. We don't have a Metallica that has a whole bunch of black albums. And I don't mean the 
the going 16 times platinum and all that stuff, I just mean, like, we don't have an album like that throughout here that's just, like, I don't know, that, that, that has that many good songs. I would trade all of the Black Album. If, if someone said you can only have, you know, Master of Puppets or the Black Album, I would choose Master of Puppets because I think the songs, like the first half of the album, they're way better songs than the Black Album. Sorry, they're more, they're, they're, they're more metal. <laughs> they're more, I don't want to say better because the Black Album, they're great songs. The, the songwriting is fantastic. They're hard rock songs. I'm just saying that for my personal preference, the first half of Master Puppets, I would return to those more often. They're unique songs. Like, I feel like, I feel like no one else could have made the Black Album. It's not like, oh yeah, you know, Creed or Nickelback or someone else could have made the Black Album. Like, no, I don't think so. Um, but but I, I feel like it's, it is, it's not generic. That's not the right word for it. But they are rock songs and they don't have these crazy shining moments that some of these other tracks do. Um, like, there's certain moments in Master of Puppets, there's certain moments in, in other songs that are just, like, that's, like, it's, it, it just goes to a whole other level. Um, so in saying that, though, that's a thing, like, that, that's so inconsistent, so inconsistent. If we had a discography that was full of black albums, they'd be a completely different band, for sure, but they'd be a much more consistent one. And they'd be a fantastic hard rock band, I guess. But they're Metallica, and they play thrash, and they play metal, and they play hard rock, and they experiment with some weird stuff every once in a while that doesn't hit the mark. But that's like Metallica's thing. And that's what I'm just like, man, you're so inconsistent. How can you make albums like Load and Reload? And we're not even talking about stuff like Lulu. Like, <sighs> there's just some stuff. Like, I understand that they have the liberty to experiment. And it's hard for me to say that they're not good at experimenting. It's like they don't know what they want, or they're not focused. They have so much freedom financially, that should be a good thing for an artist. But when they stray and they experiment, it doesn't yield good results. Like, unless we call the Black Album that. If the Black Album was an experiment, it was a fantastic experiment. Um, but then they try to continue that in a way that it just... Falling short is being easy on them. Like, it was rough. I... I can't think of a worse album than St. Anger, period, that I've listened to, ever. I'd rather listen to Manili Vanilli than St. Anger as a whole. <laughs> like, uh, there's so many things that I, I'd rather... I, I would probably rather listen to a Justin Bieber album than listen to St. Anger as a whole. If I'd pick... Like, I just... Because I think there'd be moments on there that would be catchier that I could appreciate in a way. Like, I don't know. This is blasphemy. But, I mean, I'm just trying to get across how horrible that album is. Other than the title track. It's just the cringiest thing. Whereas, like, with a Justin Bieber album, I'm buying a pop album that's like, uh, this is just like teeny, but like earlier works of his. There's like a teeny bopper, really shallow, baby, 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 like, no substance. However, Metallica had a record of creating great themes and concepts and and, and and using their lyrical prowess sometimes to tell a story and like get you involved and like get you thinking about things and then they put out St. Anger. Well it wasn't then they put out they did load and reload and whatever we, we ended up with St. Anger at some point and that's just incredibly sad. I've no, I just can't think of another band that I've followed who has put something out like that that was so horrendous and I mean if it wasn't St. Anger it would have been load and reload you know what I mean like if those three albums were just not there, if they didn't exist, uh, I don't know if I would have even done this thing. Because I would just would have been talking about a band that had some ups and downs. But these are such incredible lows that it makes me feel like Metallica as a band. Like, you produced this stuff. It's not just a small handful of songs that were not good. Like, you've got a bunch of your work, like 50% of it is probably mediocre, and 25% of it is unlistenable, and 25% of it is great. I mean, I guess you average out to a good band, but also kind of not, if you're that inconsistent. I know that they're, like, the founding, you know, one of the founding bands of thrash, and, and I mean, I just, I, I don't really dig thrash that much, and I think, I think they got away from traditional thrash sooner than some of those other, you know, bands that are, that are in that group, whether it be Megadeth or, well, I mean, yeah, there's, anyway, um... 
uh, yeah, it, it is just so inconsistent that it's really hard for me to say that Metallica is a good band. They are capable of great things. It's also really hard to say that they're not a good band. It's just, and, but that's because it's so like slammed into my head over years and years and years of Metallica being like the best band on earth. And I'm like, I'm not talking about from a live aspect. I mean, I think that they really have passion. They really believe in what they're doing. And so that makes them hard to fault. Um, I don't necessarily believe they ever sold out. I don't believe they did anything for the money. I believe that they did what they wanted to do. Unfortunately for them, that just doesn't work sometimes, which sucks for a listener. Uh, because I, I love hearing people who are passionate and do what they want to do and make no excuses and don't cater to anyone or pander to things. So to wrap this up, I think you already know the worst album and the best album. <clears throat> worst is St. Anger for all the reasons I've already said. Now, I'm a cheater. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. S&M is the best album. It is not a studio full-length album. It is a live album. Now, <laughs> Because the uniqueness that is Metallica with their incredible inconsistency over their career, this is the best album because so many things. One, they had copycats after them. I mean, like, Kiss did an orchestra album. Wasn't good. Uh, this just worked. Everything worked. Um, the songs they chose, I mean, there's a couple songs I'm not really a huge fan of, but here, you know, they work. Like, one is on here, and that's okay. What they did with the orchestra and the way, like... I don't remember his name now, who's the composer and stuff, and the director and the guy. He, yeah, like, the, the, the just amazing work. They Both elements came together in such a way that just gave a unique experience. Um, the other thing is that it's a live album, which automatically makes it a best-of album. And that's what we really need from Metallica as a best-of, because I can't listen to a whole album other than the Black Album by them and just be like, super content. Um, again, Death Magnetic and Hardwired, I could listen to those albums pretty much in their entirety and be like, yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't have to sit through anything absolutely horrible other than Unforgiven 3. Um, but every other album has horrible moments or Kill Em All, I can sit the whole album and it's just like, I want to stop listening after that. Like, it's too, it's too much and it's too flat and doesn't have any depth either. Uh, but yeah, so, huh, sorry, I have to cheat, but Metallica kind of isn't uh, consistent enough for me to really give it to one album. Um, I, I mean, if it wasn't this, then it would be the Black Album. That would be the best album, right? Like, that's just... Unfortunately, I have to fall into that camp with everyone else in the world um, that votes with their wallet and says Metallica's the Black Album. Metallica's Black Album is, is their best work. Um, but it also is, like, a lot of fans that maybe only like that album because it's a hard rock album and don't even dig anything else because they're not metal fans. And I am a metal fan, and I still feel like that's the most consistent album with the best songs. It's not a metal album, but it's Metallica's best album, uh, for a studio full-length album. This is just, like, a fantastic, amazing album. Uh, now here's one awesome thing that they did on here. They, <laughs> they fixed one of the songs. And what I mean by that is that I was telling you earlier that I had a caveat for, um, oh my goodness, I forget the name of the song right now. Uh, the Memory Remains. Um, because they didn't have that weird chanting vocal thing on here, they got the crowd to do it. So even though there was like a weird kind of silence in the background, because James was like, you sing it! Uh, it, it, at least it wasn't what was on the, the album. So, I listened to it on here more than I would ever listen to the actual album like, version, the actual, legit, original album track. Uh, yeah, S&M, again, an amazing combination with the orchestra that has made it work fantastic, it'll never be done again like that, I am, I think, for that style of band and, and whatever. Um, and also they pick their best songs, right? Like they pick their best songs spanning their career uh, up to that point, and the thing was that after that point, I don't really think any of the songs, like, again, like, Death Magnetic and, and Hardwired don't really have any standout songs to me. <clears throat> All Nightmare Long sticks in my head a little bit. But I mean, St. Anger is a phenomenal song in so many ways, and yet it comes from the worst album. Um, and that, I don't think, would have played well on S&M. I just don't think they could have done much with it. So, that's where that's where this journey ends. Um, that's my comprehensive, you know, Metallica discography band review type thing. Um... I didn't go into a lot of detail with a lot of the albums. I know that. I only had so much time. I wanted to try and do it in an hour. 
Um, also, I didn't want to spend that much time with some of these albums because they just weren't enjoyable to listen to. And hey, I'm not running, like, I'm not the needle drop. I'm not Anthony Fantano. I'm not doing, like, this crazy in-depth review and music is all I live and breathe and make money off of. I listen to music to enjoy it and because it feeds my soul and gives me something. Um, I like reviewing music. I like talking about music. But generally, I'm not going to, like, let some albums... I just don't think that, you know, I don't think St. Anger is ever going to grow on me. And that's just the way it is. Anyway, that's all for me. We'll see you on another time. That was Metallica.